Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by the Royal Holloway Shakespeare Society. You join me, Theo Dudridge. And me, Subhan Hay, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bard Times. I'm Meadow Capon and I'm taking over this week as we're joined by our new first year rep, Lynn Byers. Say hi, Lynn. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm grand, thank you. Yeah, everything's great over here. How are you, Meadow? Oh, I'm very well. I'm very excited to do host my first episode of Bar Times. <laughs> um, so Lynn is our current first year rep uh, for Shakespeare Society. And you also played uh, Catherine in A Sly Taming, which was our last main term show. Um, so obviously you've just been elected onto committee. Uh, I just wanted to, my first question was going to be, how are you finding it? And do you have any exciting ideas for the future? Um, yeah, so far it's been really great. I mean, our team is absolutely wonderful and I'm just mm. so excited to get involved with so many new opportunities. I mean, in terms of exciting ideas and plans, um, I'm very much looking forward to next term where things can really start mm. to kick off and start organising some more events and opportunities, especially opening out to first years. Um, so yeah, everyone keep posted on our socials and I'm sure you'll be hearing lots of news soon. Yeah, absolutely. We do have some really exciting plans already for Term 2, mm. including going to see Measure for Measure, basically our first event back, which is so exciting, um, to go see some live mm. theatre together, which we haven't done um, not at all in my time, or maybe once in my whole time at Holloway. Um, so yeah, for sure, yeah, stay, stay, uh, stay tuned to our social media um, for those events coming up. Um, so, of course, earlier this term, you took part in our main time show, Sly Taming, as one of the leads, Catherine. Um, so what was this experience like? And do you have any particular highlights of the show process? Oh, gosh, I suppose with Taming, it was such an interesting experience because I really threw myself straight into the deep end in terms of starting mm. university on a high. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was it was an incredibly intense experience, but I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to work on a slide taming because just working with so many amazingly talented, so talented and inspiring mm. members of cast and crew. And Supan at the like, helm as director created such a warm and friendly environment. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of highlights, I guess. Um, I spoke quite a bit about rehearsal highlights in the first Sly Taming episode of Bard Times, mm. so I suppose I'll sort of narrow it down to show memories. Um, mm. Even though we only had three shows, I mean, it was just wonderful seeing how supportive everyone was backstage. I mean, just seeing Adonia, Kate, and especially Max, they're just the kindest and most inspiring people to be around. And mm. I had certain moments where it was like very like uncertain, so did they. And it was just so uplifting, especially coming off stage. Like the first time I like completely did my end monologue without making a single mistake once <laughs> uh, was in our second show. And I just walked off stage and everyone else in the cast was just standing there. And I just I was awestruck. I was like, I can't believe I've just done that. And everyone was like, <laughs> you did it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And we've come to this really like 
serious scene where we just all like were completely in neutral and we just all walked off stage and then yeah. backstage we're all having this massive like celebration and we've just got like 20 seconds before we have to come back on in neutral and it was just very much like a oh, oh my gosh right back into stage mode <laughs> yeah oh that's wonderful that sounds like so much fun you must be so proud of yourself I mean you're in such a huge role to take on there's so much in just that character let alone the whole show um yes how did you find it just tackling that character just as an actor Mm. yeah I mean it's quite interesting because I've I've done Shakespeare's before but never a lead and one Mm. thing I was quite worried about was like the size of the task at hand and I mean for Taming Mm. we only had five weeks rehearsal period yeah which um, compared to the usual eight, that's uh, yeah. quite daunting, but mm. Supan made it incredibly accessible um, and just everyone was so supportive and actually playing Catherine in A Sly Taming especially, which is Supan's own reimagining of the story, he kind of flips it from its or- original kind of comedic roots to <laughs> almost tragic for Catherine. So there were a lot of scenes which were incredibly intense, but I was so, so lucky that I was working, obviously, alongside Subban, working alongside Max as well, who is just an incredibly easy to work with guy. I yeah. just love yeah. Max to pieces. Working with him is absolutely amazing. So I just always felt safe and like I could do it and always so supported, which in the past, that's not been the case sometimes. Mm yeah definitely so going off of that um as a budding actress yourself do you have any dream Shakespeare roles you'd love to play gosh there are so many really interesting roles that I would love to play I suppose top of the list for me would be Rosalind and as you like Mm. it that would really be the highlight for me but actually I quite like being thrown into roles that I wasn't quite expecting that happened last year when I ended up playing Sir Andrew in Twelfth Night. Actually, it's the most fun I've had for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I've found that before. I mean, recently, obviously, we just had Shakespeare in 48, Mm. um, which I was in as both Helena and Puck, which was a bit of a challenge. Um, Mm. But, oh my goodness, I loved both characters so much, and it's nice to have that contrast sometimes to play around with more and kind of test your test your limits really um so yeah mm. that definitely i i see that for you <laughs> yeah mm. great um so if you could say anything to other first years that might be listening today maybe thinking of joining shakespeare society um what would you say i would definitely say to just come along and get involved I mean it can be so daunting trying something new but everyone here is incredibly friendly and I mean you don't have to be a massive like Shakespeare know-it-all it's super accessible to all levels of experience and interest and there's just something for everyone whether it's academic performance or social Shakespeare's sock we always know how to have an incredibly good time so (laughs) you will find something for yourself at Shakespeare's sock definitely yeah that's great no I definitely echo that sentiment I think Mm. you know we're not 
<laughs> contrary to popular belief, we're not all massive Shakespeare experts or, you know, mm. um, some people come into Shakespeare society not really liking Shakespeare even, just knowing the people and coming in through that way and then suddenly find you're actually really enjoying it because I know a lot of people come from school where you've been taught it in this very regimented way you know you've been forced to study Shakespeare as part of the curriculum um but I think the way we do it here with um having so many different opportunities like performance and like academic even you know drinking events doing drunk Shakespeare you know um mm, definitely it can really I think it can really break down the barriers of like you don't have to know everything this is just a bit of fun for a lot of nerds to come together and have a good time um mm. so yeah definitely agree with you there and I hope we do get some more first years maybe coming uh in refreshes in January which mm. will be very exciting um absolutely so um also, I know that you uh, set up the Shakespeare Society at your previous university and I was just wondering um, what that experience was like and how does our society differ from the society that you set up or was there anything that you kind of thought was interesting about how we do stuff here? Mm, gosh, it's almost a complete dichotomy. <laughs> Setting up um, the Shakespeare Society at the New College of Humanities was an incredibly hard process mm -hmm. um, and it took a lot of passion, drive and determination. Um, and we had quite an unsupportive student union and I was constantly told I'm being too ambitious and they were incredibly hostile to me, but we still oh made it work. We still made it work yeah. um, despite <laughs> Despite COVID, we put on Hamlet, Twelfth Night, A Midsummer's Night Dream, and Richard III. So we still got a lot done. Yeah. But coming here was just a complete opposite experience because, I mean, the very first night I got here, I went to the pub with you guys. Mm. And one of the first questions was, so you're auditioning for Taming? And I went, <laughs> yeah. what? what? There's auditions yeah. already. After being told at my last uni, like, oh, we won't put on a show, there's no way uni students have the time or the effort to put on a full show, no, just, and constantly being told everything that I was doing was so ambitious and just completely unrealistic. It was nice to see that my own visions were kind of realised somewhere else mm. and to get involved in a more, like, natural way. And just being part of an established an organized committee who run a society that's already made a name for itself it's just so much more well not more fulfilling but it's like on par because you get to see from the bottom up how things work instead of trying to scramble together and going oh I'm now in a position of power which I don't know what I'm doing with so yeah it's just lovely to see how everything's working and seeing everyone's roles yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. I can't imagine what it was like to kind of start from scratch, be on your own trying to figure that out, um, because I'm very grateful to have had two years on committee before being president. Um, mm. So yeah, that was very ambitious of you, but my gosh, you know, it, it, we're very lucky to have you on committee as someone who has already tried to do this elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I wondered if there was anything that you'd like to see us doing in the future as someone who kind of had this idea of what a Shakespeare society might be. 
Oh gosh. Um, I suppose the way that I was trying to run my society is very similar to how you actually do run your society. Amazing. So, I mean, coming here is a bit of a dream come true because I can just step into <laughs> this world that I kind of envisioned. Mm, that's great. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then going on to like a broader, uh, well, Holloway uh, sense, you, like me, are an English and drama student. Um, mm -hmm. And I was wondering what drew you to Holloway and uh, this particular course that you, you and I both take. Well, yeah, I suppose my trip to uni has been a bit of a long journey. Um, <laughs> so I sort of... I remember coming to Royal Holloway for the first time when I was 16. I'm now 21. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, so when I was 16, I came to Royal Holloway and I sort of fell in love with the campus. I remember stepping into the CCT mm -hmm. for the first time mm -hmm. and just watching students work. And you could just clearly see the level of care and love for the subject, especially drama. I just knew that it was a place that I felt very drawn to and then when I got to 18 and then UCAS deadlines started happening I was supposedly going to be auditioning for all these drama schools and then I had mm. quite severe health issues so I had to like completely put everything on hold did a year's costume design somehow led me to English and art history at my previous uni and working in my Shakespeare Society last year I had one of my friends who goes to Royal Holloway um speak to me we were walking around uh, the Tate Britain and she's like why don't you do drama and it kind of just <laughs> dawned on me that I was like this is the one thing that I've been utterly in love with from the moment I can remember like walking and talking I was like if I don't pursue this I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life and at that point I kind of felt ready in my own like like medical self being yeah. sort of ready to kind of take that leap and that gamble because kind of learning to manage chronic illness with drama is quite uncertain and drama is a very like dedicated subject so you have to be able to commit yourself to a lot of time which sometimes being chronically ill you can't afford to do but I've had like three years to really learn my own body and my limits and how to manage everything so yeah the and the mix of academic with the English side of it I mean I came out of English last year with three firsts in all my modules so it kind of felt yeah thank you um, it <laughs> kind of felt like a natural progression to keep going with the English and I mean I love Shakespeare so much it's kind of my main interest so doing English and drama just makes so much sense with the amount of modules they offer from both sides. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know in your second year, you'll have this compulsory module called Shakespeare from page to stage, which I did last year and very much enjoyed. Um, and you will be actually, I'm pretty sure you do look at the Taming of the Shrew there. So that'll be interesting to come from being in it to then studying it. Um, but yeah, that's, mm. I mean, your your story this sounds really like a ted talk but your story is so inspirational oh, <laughs> um, <thank you. laughs> and yeah uh, you should be really proud of yourself because as you said mm. like drama is something where you know it, it does it does require that extra kind of level of commitment like you don't come out of a rehearsal and switch off 
you know it's not you don't mm-hmm. you do your hours then you're done it's not that kind of subject but you're doing so well um and oh. I really I I'm sure you'll do extremely well in your course as well um and the fact you were saying about um your kind of choice to pursue drama um is really interesting because I actually had the same kind of thing earlier this year not with um obviously going to university I already did kind of half and half (laughs) but um I was thinking about what to pursue after university and like Mm. you I was kind of like why why shouldn't I pursue drama when it's something that I'm so passionate about and there was a you know there's always that bit in your head that's like questioning Mm. why you should do something artistic you know um because it's a lot of work but you know what power to us we're gonna do it and (laughs) we're gonna do well in it um absolutely yeah that's that's so interesting you've such an interesting journey here um but to round it off to a more kind of simple question um what is your favorite Shakespeare play I have to ask now your phrase this is simple but I beg to differ (laughs) um I would say probably top of the list would be As You Like It, but I've kind of spoken Mm. about that already. So it's kind of a joint freeway tie between Merry Wives, as I have done so much research into Hamlet. It just would be wrong if it wasn't on the list. But I suppose maybe Taming might be climbing up the list a little bit. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. um good to hear that you have a solid few (laughs) because you're going to be studying Mm, a lot of them (laughs) um but anyway I wouldn't want it any other way (laughs) yeah as you should you're gonna be drowned in Shakespeare I mean I know for me I've got like I've got my Shakespeare module this year I'm also doing a lot of Shakespeare extracurricularly so we're just gonna (laughs) we're just gonna you know hope and pray that our love for Shakespeare never dies um, so yeah, so that brings us on Absolutely. to our <laughs> news section, um, which is actually a very sad section this week. As we have all seen on the news recently, the iconic composer and lyricist Stephen Sondheim has sadly passed away. Um, so did Sondheim mean a lot to you? And if so, what were your favourite Sondheim musicals? Oh gosh, I mean, Sondheim is comp- like the heart of musical theatre really at this point um and I mean even I who I don't have a musical bone in my body (laughs) I can still appreciate how incredibly clever and skilled his music was he really understood his craft and was an incredibly talented man so it's obviously a very very sad loss to the entire theatre world um West Side Story and company also they're just So good. So, so good. good. Unbelievably good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's time to celebrate his life and the art he's left behind, truly. Definitely. I was saying the other day, the only good thing I hope comes out of this is that there are a lot of revivals. <laughs> because I was oh, hoping absolutely. that there'll be a, you know, a surge of revivals around <laughs> London. And I will be going to all of them. Um, for me, As my absolute favourite musical is Assassins, um, which is actually one of his lesser known mm. ones um, about the um, assassins or attempted assassins of um, American presidents. And my goodness, listening to the music and hearing him 
analyze his own music and why he made certain decisions you know the, the mm. thought went into every second of his music and my god what what an icon i'm mm. very saddened by this loss but we just have to <laughs> thank him for all the work that he had done this mm. time because my goodness did he do a lot for the modern day musical in general and just mm. the theatre world um so yeah, yeah a bit of a a sad news story for this week um but i thought it was definitely worth touching on um but yeah, going to something perhaps, mm, I was going to say more lighthearted, but it's also a tragedy. Um, so I'm not convinced about my own statement there. So, um, But recently I saw that you saw the production of Macbeth um, at the Almeida Theatre. Um, and I just wanted to ask you about this production because I, I didn't get the chance to see it and I was super jealous that you did. Um, so I want to hear all about it. <laughs> Oh gosh, I mean, to start off, I I completely, I'm in your boat with um, the frustration of not being able to see it. I mean, they did free mm. ticket releases and the first two I was unsuccessful. And I literally, my ticket I got for literally closing night. <laughs> that's yeah. kind of how, like, that's how like close I was to missing mm. it. So I'm incredibly grateful and feel incredibly lucky that I did get to catch it because mm. I've been a bit of a, a Yale father um, mega fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could say. Um, for quite a while, I think she's an absolutely stunning director. So I, as soon as I found out she was directing Macbeth in London, I was like, oh, I need to go and see it immediately. Mm. Um, yeah, I've been following her since, well, she directed Hamlet in Dublin in 2017. Mm. And there was a New York revival mm. in 2020 and it starred Ruth Negger as Hamlet. And it was around the same time in my costume course where I was studying Hamlet intensively. I mean, I did a five month project and within two months of that five month project, I researched and watched about 20 versions of Hamlet. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, one of her, well, her Hamlet is one that I, I missed because it wasn't available because it wasn't recorded. So I only went off like pictures, but I just knew her like creative direction and like aesthetic and style. It's just so beautifully dark and raw and it's just mm. absolutely up my street. So the fact that I got to see Macbeth was absolutely incredible. I mean, oh, I would say she's absolutely a theatrical genius. It was just yeah. so yeah. intricately put together. Like Sondheim, everything was considerate, clever, effective, just well-crafted. Mm. Um, so it was kind of this dynamically raw, post-apocalyptic um, production. And it was underscored by Vera Lynn's We'll Meet Again, as well oh as, uh, yeah, as well as this like really haunting cello. They had a cellist, Aoife Burke who mm. just played in the background of every scene she was just sat there playing and she even oh, interacted wow. with the characters and she'd moved about and it was just so simplistic this soundscape that they created but it just was so effective and I mean the design elements were just incredible I just they had um this, this sort of clear paneling which doubled as like a mirror and then they flooded the stage 
completely flooded yeah. the stage and it had this yeah. like reflective quality which kind of made the entire performance like almost meditative and it's just wonderful and I mean the cast mm. were an insane the cast was so good yeah I, mean, I was gonna ask how were how was Saoirse Ronan was in it and um James mm. McArdle how were they yeah I mean James McArdle's like Macbeth I mean he's got this incredibly strong Scottish accent and mm. he's just exactly when you think of Macbeth James McArdle is just definitely <laughs> yeah. the kind of person that comes to mind but Saoirse on the other hand was such an interesting choice Lady Macbeth she kind of brought this really soft and gentle side to the character which was really bizarre at first I wasn't quite sure how I felt but um, she still brought this like almost sinister streak, but it was so like faint to begin with. It was like she had this really quiet power, which was just incredibly stunning as she sort of like gained power within the play. Um, but yeah, by the end, her like madness um, and then her death, she's just completely engulfed by water in this flooding stage wow. and you can wow. see her reflection in this like mirrored panelling and you can see it on the floor and she just lays there for like 10 minutes just soaking in this water and there's a point where James McArdle like holds her up and like carries her off before like the like main climax of the ending happens and he's just holding this absolutely sopping wet Saoirse Ronan mm. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, it was just an absolutely stunning image. But actually, I would say, mm. for me, the personal like highlight, the performance that I thought was the most stunning, um, was Akia Henry's Lady Macduff. Oh my oh. gosh, she was insane. Uh, not in like a oh I'm crazy <laughs> way. In a, there's this juxtaposition for Lady Macduff of this warmth and tenderness as mm. like she had her two sons and she's she's just this perfect mother figure and that juxtaposed with the most genuine anguish i have never seen something so heartbreaking on stage than when um lady Macduff's children are killed in front of her and she was unable to protect them because she was obviously fighting for her own life the screams that um Akia Henry produced were just almost like haunting I mean yeah. that went nearly straight into the interval and I just sat there and I went oh my god that was what I've just seen as harrowing yeah wow yeah. wow that sounds like an amazing production and I hope they re like re-release some like live streams or something um, yeah because that sounds like, I mean, not only does it sound amazing, but it sounds so unlike other productions. So yeah, yeah I'm, yeah, very, that's a very like amazing experience to have seen that in person. Um, mm. So thank you for giving us a quick rundown on that uh, production. I wish I could have seen it, but let's hope they do some kind of uh, revival at some point yeah well the whole thing with covid has meant that i mean they live streamed it out i mm. mean for i think three nights so it means they definitely have recordings of it somewhere there's there's footage <laughs> they've just gotta <laughs> let me have it 
fingers crossed they will release it or do like um like you know how national theater go into cinemas and then yeah like, something like that that'd be good i imagine they will i mean it's such a ronan everyone's gonna want to see it <laughs> oh absolutely yeah yeah so let's let's hope they do that and then i can see it um but yeah so um that's all we have time for this week thank you so much for uh joining me lynn amazing thank you for having me meadow and yeah. thank you all for listening so thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode of bar times i've been your host meadow capon and in the words of the bard himself it is not in the stars to hold our destiny but in ourselves Take care, everyone.